Good morning, happy Sunday. My name is Ann Junius. Today's gathering scripture is from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. The word of the Lord. Hey Grace242, Pastor Bill here. There's a man by the name of Kenneth Copeland who masquerades as a preacher. Kenneth Copeland has been running his false teaching hustle as a televangelist. And one of the ways that you know that he's a false teacher is that Kenneth is personally worth $300 million and he owns three private jets. But regardless, at the beginning of the pandemic, Kenneth Copeland prayed a very strange prayer against COVID-19. And one of the lines of the prayer made headlines. That line was, COVID-19! COVID-19! On you. On you. <laughs> okay. YouTubers jumped on the peculiar prayer and created songs out of it. And here is just one of several song creations from the prayer. It gets stuck in your head, doesn't it? One commenter on YouTube said this. He said, quote, The only true thing this guy says is, I blow. <laughs> Regardless, I show you this video for two reasons. The first is that, Though Kenneth Copeland claims to be a pastor, and though he claims to be a minister of Jesus Christ, and he prays with a Bible in his hand, though he does all these things, he's a false teacher. The gospel that he preaches is not the gospel of Christ incarnate, Christ crucified, Christ resurrected, Christ ascended. The gospel Kenneth Copeland preaches is a gospel of materialism, it is a gospel of prosperity, it is a gospel of greed. Though he poses as a pastor, he is no minister of Jesus. And one of the lines in Kenneth's strange prayer is, bow your knee. I show you this video because there's a new religion that has developed in this country, and it demands that everyone bow their knee. This religion is proselytized from a church called Black Lives Matter. On the surface, the religion poses as something good and beneficial. On the surface, the religion Black Lives Matter promises justice. It promises a more equitable society. It promises to fight racism and to make past wrongs right. But the religion does none of these things. Instead, the religion rips the fabrics of society. Just like Kenneth Copeland, Black Lives Matter presents as one thing, but the reality is radically different. The religion of Black Lives Matter does not merely ask for assent. No, it demands that everyone bow their knee. I'm gonna show you a few seconds of a video that I find very disturbing. Hey, excuse me, I work for Black Lives Matter. 
I'm, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I work for Black Lives Matter. I'm sorry that I scared you. Okay. But since I work for that company, my CEO has told me to come out today and to bring you on your knees because you have white privilege. So if they see that a white person is getting on their knees, that shows solidarity for the situation. The situation. And could you just please apologize for, you know, for your white privilege? Isn't that alarming? If you look at the comments on the video, people say things like, I'm a black person myself and, and I find this video deeply troubling. Black Lives Matter does not ask for assent, they demand conversion. The religion has several indisputable tenets, and here are just a few. Number one, our country was founded on slavery and racism. Number two, therefore our country is systemically racist and irreparable. Number three, all white people must repent of their white privilege. And number four, the white male poses the largest threat. This religion has blasphemy laws which dictate what can and cannot be said. One example of something that cannot be said is, all lives matter. The religion has purity laws which distinguish between who is clean and who is unclean. We see this in the intersectional hierarchy which determines who is most and least victimized. And the more victimized you are, the more pure you are, according to this hierarchy, and the less victimized you are, the less pure you are. They have their own holy scriptures, which consist of critical race theory and cultural Marxism. Everything is seen through this worldview of oppressor and oppressed. This religion has priests such as Nicole, Hannah Jones, Sean King, and Colin Kaepernick. There are expiation rights. Now, expiation means the ridding of sin, and, and if you're a corporation, you expiate or rid your sin by donating to the proper causes and saying the right things and putting the right slogans on your products. The woman in the video who knelt was expiating her sin of whiteness. Drew Brees attempted expiation when he apologized for saying that he disagreed with the kneeling for the national anthem. Now, some of you might be saying, Wow, Bill, you are getting really political. And some of you might be wondering, what does this have to do with the Bible? And some of you might be questioning, is this even a sermon? Because it sounds more like a speech. And some of you might be upset by what I'm saying. We're in the middle of this message call series called Bumper Sticker Belief, where we're holding up our cultural bumper stickers, or these cultural mantras, and we're looking at them in the light of the Bible. Last week I said that when it comes to Black Lives Matter, we need to distinguish between the phrase and the organization. And last week I took the position that every Christian needs to support the phrase Black Lives Matter. Every Christian needs to support the reality that Black Lives Matter because they were created in God's sight. They are precious. But no Christian can support the organization Black Lives Matter. Last week we began looking at God's heart when it comes to race. And the Gospel of Jesus is about proclaiming Jesus as our Messiah King regardless of what color you are. The Gospel of Christ is proclaiming Christ as our King and Lord of Lords no matter your ethnicity. This week we turn our attention to the organization Black Lives Matter and I am coming out of the gate strongly in opposition to this organization. When Paul writes 2 Corinthians, he is deeply troubled. He's deeply troubled because of all of these issues that he's seen cropping up in the Corinthian church. Whereas 1 Corinthians is hopeful, it's optimistic, it's pastorally encouraging. 2 Corinthians is full of rebuttals and correctives because even Paul is being personally attacked and accused. 
The tone is negative, and you see the burden just flow from Paul's pen. In the same way, I'm burdened by this religion that we're seeing of Black Lives Matter. I'm burdened as I'm watching our society being ripped apart. I'm burdened as I see the violence. I'm burdened as I see the totalitarianism. I'm burdened as I see this religion force people into conversion. The NIV 1984 translates 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 this way. It says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. I believe that Black Lives Matter, the organization, sets itself up against the knowledge of Christ. I believe that the church and religion of Black Lives Matter is fundamentally opposed to the knowledge of God. Whereas God wants a unified community of Jesus followers regardless of race, Black Lives Matter wants a society of interest groups divided by race. Simply put, okay, the gospel of Jesus unifies Jew and Gentile, whereas the gospel of Black Lives Matter divides black and white. The Church of Black Lives Matter runs in direct contrast to God's vision for people. Try this sometime. Go to blacklivesmatter.com, click on About, and then click on Who We Are. And here are just a few snapshots from the official website. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. So you exist to disrupt the nuclear family? You exist to disrupt the God-ordained, God-designed backbone of society? Now the next part sounds initially good to Christians. By supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. Mothers, parents, children. Who's missing? Fathers! I'm going to show myself to be impure according to the Church of Black Lives Matter with my next statement. Why are fathers left off of the list when black children suffer disproportionately from fatherless homes? Why would an organization that masquerades and supposedly elevates black people want to dismantle something that helps black people? And this goes for everyone, not just black people, both white and black, all ethnicities. Everyone is worse off when fathers are not in the home. There are other statements on the website that reveal the true nature of this church of Black Lives Matter, but that's enough with the polemics for today. You get the point that Black Lives Matter postures as one thing, but the reality is completely different. You get the point that Black Lives Matter is an entity that sets itself up against the knowledge of Christ. Now, just when you start to get depressed, look at verses 3 and 4 of 2 Corinthians 10. Paul says, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Paul reminds us, Though we are human, we are not waging a human war. We are not waging a horizontal war. 
We are waging a war that's vertical. We are waging a war on a totally different plane. We are waging war on a spiritual plane. And we use God's weapons in that war, not the weapons of this world. I think this is a reminder that what we're seeing out of the Church of Black Lives Matter is not purely horizontal. There's a vertical dimension. In the same way that there is a culture war going on, there's a spiritual war going on. In one sense, we shouldn't be surprised when there's an assault on something that God designed, like the nuclear family, and we shouldn't be surprised when that assault comes masquerading as something good. It shouldn't surprise us that God wants unity between ethnicities, and because that's what God wants is unity, the world then would seek to create and exploit ethnic divisions. Paul is reminding us of the spiritual plane, of the spiritual war that's happening. But then he reminds us that the weapons we use are not of this world. The weapons we use are God's mighty weapons. I know when I look at Black Lives Matter, I'm, I'm tempted toward worldly weapons, like getting arguments so that I can win debates. I'm tempted toward worldly arguments, like if we can get the right social policy crafted and passed. I'm swayed by worldly weapons, like voting the right people into office hoping the Supreme Court would rule the way that I hope, etc. These are all worldly weapons. But we don't wage war with those weapons. We wage war with godly weapons. Paul himself lists some of these godly weapons in Ephesians 6. Sword of the Spirit. That's a godly weapon. Have you picked up the sword? Invited the Holy Spirit to fill you? Reminded yourself that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit? Ask the Holy Spirit to invade you, to reveal those parts of you that have to become more conformed to Christ, to reveal those prejudices that might be deep-seated within you, to give you a soft heart for the people of Black Lives Matter, to pray for them. Have we put on the shoes of peace and ask the Lord that we would be agents of reconciliation and peace when our world is full of violence? The belt of truth. Have we buried our nose in the truth of God's Word? And have we come to rest in the comfort knowing that God is the capital T truth and the ultimate victor? Have we put on the helmet of salvation and looked to our only salvation, which is Jesus? Not politics, not presidents, not Congress, not Supreme Court, not social policy, not winning debates, but the helmet of salvation, and that salvation is our King and Lord, the one whom we proclaim, Jesus the Messiah. This is not just a cultural battle. It's a spiritual battle. What weapons are we fighting with?